0: Jesus House, in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House, London. God bless you. We commit this word that we share into your hands, Heavenly Father, We ask, O God, that you will breathe upon it, that it will transform our lives, that it will give us one more opportunity to thank you for your grace and your mercies, and it will set someone free, someone who's trapped in any cycle that we might talk about. It will set that person free in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Well, we, uh, we spent two Sundays talking about a prophet for hire uh, and we were speaking about Balaam and how uh, the king of Moab, Balak, uh, had, ha- had tried to hire Balaam to pronounce a curse on the nation of Israel so that he could defeat them in, in war. Now, of course, as we found out last week Sunday, it failed because no one can curse you uh, because God doesn't, God, God won't allow that and no one can curse if God doesn't allow that. Um, a curse that is causeless um, simply can't alight on your life. And having failed um, in, in stopping the children of Israel by sus- sorcery and by witchcraft, by the, by, by the pronouncing curses on them, of course the enemy hatched another plot. Um, And this is standard practice for the enemy. He hatched another plot. The aim was still to stop the children of Israel from entering the promises of God in much the same way that that's the same thing for you and I. The enemy wants to stop us from entering the promises of God. And I want to read to you from Numbers, the 25th chapter. Permit me if I read the whole chapter just so that that forms a backdrop for us. Now Israel remained in Acacia Grove and the people began to commit halotry with the women of Moab. They invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. So Israel was joined to Baal of Peor, and the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. Then the Lord said to Moses, "'Take all the leaders of the people and hang the offenders before the Lord out in the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel.'" So Moses said to the judges of Israel, Every one of you kill his men who were joined to Baal of Peor. And indeed, one of the children of Israel came and presented to his brethren a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses and the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Now when Phinehas the son of Eliezer stood, The son of Aaron the priest saw it. He arose from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hands, and he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through the man of Israel and the woman through her body. So the plague was stopped among the children of Israel, and those who died in the plague were 24,000. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, has turned back my wrath from the children of Israel, because he was zealous with my zeal among them, so that I did not consume the children of Israel in my zeal. Therefore, say, behold, I give to him my covenant of peace, and it shall be to him and his descendants after him a covenant of an everlasting priesthood, because he was zealous for his God and made atonement for the children of Israel." Now the name of the Israelite who was killed, who was killed with the Midianite woman, was Zimri, the son of Salu, a leader of a father's house among the Simeonites. And the name of the Midianite woman who was killed was Cosbi, the daughter of Zor, who was head of of the people of a father's house in Midian then the Lord spoke to Moses saying harass the Midianites and attack them for they harassed you with their schemes by which they seduced you in the matter of pure and in the matter of Cosby the daughter of a leader of Midian their sister who was killed in the day of the plague because of poor now very interesting story um, they, they tried and, the, and the, 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 the term Midianites and Moabites are used interchangeably. And that's because they intermingled. There were Midianites who joined with the Moabites, um, who, who the Moabites carried along. And so they, they, they tried to get Israel to fall. They tried to stop Israel in their tracks with sorcery and witchcraft and pronouncing curses. It didn't work. So the next thing they tried was they tried seduction. We've got to seduce them so that they are disobedient or disloyal to God. We've got to lead them astray. We've got to entice them to do something wrong or entice them into a sexual relationship or some sort of sexual immorality that will then cause a curse to come upon them. And so they sent their women uh, to seduce them and, and it worked, their women seduced them. There was a lot of immorality and then their women also introduced them to their gods and they started to bow down and worship this god Baal. Um, and the Lord saw it, was so angry at what he saw that a plague was released into the camp and judgment, severe, severe judgment, which included the, the hanging of the leaders, of the people who were uh, party to what was happening and leaving them out in the sun for the sun to, to literally just dry up their, their bodies. And then the Bible tells the story of how the things got so bad that that one man actually brought a Midianite woman. And the historical records tell us it wasn't just that he brought the woman. Uh, Some historical records say that he was actually involved in in sexual activities with the woman in the sight of the people who were weeping before God um, at the tabernacle of meeting. And when a man called Phineas saw it, Aaron's grandson, he could not take it any longer. He grabbed a, a, a javelin and he went into the tent where the man and the woman were getting up, getting up to whatever they were getting up to. And he thrust the javelin into one. It went into the other, other person and he, the two of them, spared by this javelin, he brought them, lifted them up, and the plague was stopped. And then God pronounces a deep blessing upon Phineas for his zeal and his passion for him. Now, what can we learn from that story? We don't have time, so I would like you to really go very quickly with me um, as we just learn some lessons from that so that the enemy does not trap us um, by the power of seduction. You see, they were seduced to worship the gods of the Moabites. They were invited to worship the gods. Um, There there is a spirit of seduction that is out in the world today. Um, A very powerful spirit of seduction that is trying to seduce you and I uh, into worshiping other gods apart from Jehovah, the God that we worship. Uh, The three most common gods that people are seduced to worship today, and there are many others, are the God of mammon or money. Uh, There's a whole city deductive spirit that wants people to worship money and unfortunately you would wish you could say the church is exempt from it but you see it in the church you hear it in the church and sadly you increasingly see it from even the pulpit in the church as people flaunt their their wealth as people bow to that god of money um, as people do things that you wouldn't imagine could happen in the body of Christ for the sake of money, as people mortgage their lives just for money, as people are seduced into trying to own things that they don't have the resources to own, going into massive debt uh, as they bow to that God of money, become a slave to that God of money. So of course the, the, uh, the three most common gods, the first one is money, the second one is ourself. You know there's a, a, a seductive, seductive spirit that wants us to worship ourselves that's the very foundation of the whole new age philosophy that you are god you are you are your god uh, and and there's a, this whole seductive spirit that, that, that wants us to worship ourselves, where we have a fixation with our bodies, a fixation with our own lives. We worship our jobs, our careers. We, we, we worship our bodies. We, we go to the gym, not just so that we can be healthy. And there's nothing wrong with looking good, but we, we have a fixation with how we look. We'll go under the knife and we'll snip and tuck and, and, uh, with, because we have a fixation fixation with how we look. We don't want to go through the normal aging process. I always say to people that you want to look the best you can look as a 60-year-old or a 50-year-old or a 40-year-old, but there's something wrong when a 40-year-old wants to look like he's an 18-year-old. Something has gone drastically wrong. There's a fixation with ourselves. And then the third God, we worship our others. Uh, where we worship other people, we deify other people. That's the seductive spirit that is behind the celebrity culture, where we worship celebrities. You'll be amazed as to how many of us know more about the celebrities than we know about Jesus, more about the celebrities than we know about anything to do with God. We'll study, we'll read all kinds of magazines that have gossip about celebrities. We'll, We'll be fixated on television programs that take us into the inside, the inside, the lives and the homes of celebrities. But we've never watched on, 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 on television something on God Channel, or on TBN, or any of these other Christian channels. But we know the dimensions of the homes of the celebrities. We know how many cars they have. We know their girlfriends. We are, we are tit- our senses are titillated by the gossip about them. But we, we spend hours and hours, but we don't spend minutes in the Word of God because we have been seduced. In into cel- the cel- worship of celebrities. Even in the church, we are seduced into the worship of men and women of God. We know what they said, but we don't know what Jesus said. We know how what they like, but we don't know what God likes. We, we are focused on them eh, instead of on the God that they serve. And they they have become the focal point instead of being signposts to a God that we all serve. And you know, it goes on and on where husbands worship wives, where Wives worship husbands. I, I hear some things that make me shudder. Where, where where a man says, she is the air that I breathe. You, you, you can't say that. You know No human being is the air that you breathe. Where the wife says, he's the foundation of my life. No, 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 no. Jesus is the foundation of your life. No man, no matter how good is the foundation of your life, it's because we've been seduced. Where we are seduced into worshiping children. Little children become big gods in homes because we worship them and the list goes on and on Uh, number two they were seduced and enticed into sexual immorality it's a weapon of the enemy today numbers 25 verse 1 the people began to commit harlotry with the with with the women of Moab verse 6 says Tells the story of how the hollow tree, as is the case, the, the immorality. Immorality is never static, it gets worse and worse and worse. If it is not arrested, it's, it's one peek at, pon- at some pornographic material, then it's one minute watching the material, then it's five minutes watching the material, then it becomes a constant thing to go to the material, and then you're looking for more and more material that will be uh, more, more gory and more expressive and will will titillate more it's a Downward, sl- it, you're sliding down a slippery slope. Once you get involved with immorality, it starts with a, with holding the hand a bit too long, and it starts with stroking the hand. Then it starts, with, starts, with, then it goes on to a hug that is slightly longer. Then it goes on to a peck that lingers longer. Then the peck moves to the lips. Then the hands move where they shouldn't move, and then the next thing clothes are off. And then we are saying you are saying to yourselves, but we didn't go all the way. But very soon you will go all the way and more and the consequences will rest on, 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 on whoever does that because as we will find out there are consequences. The, There's so much seduction that you have to be defiant in the face of what society presents to you. You can't watch a music video without being seduced. Nowadays, you can't. Everything is sold by this seductive spirit that is really luring us, like, like reeling us in as we give to this seductive spirit. Number three, as I mentioned, what their enemies couldn't do by witchcraft, sorcery, or war, they did by seducing them. It's literally the oldest trick in the book. And I mean literally the oldest trick in the book. Our parents, uh Uh, um, Adam and Eve. The reason that we are fighting the battles we are fighting is because they were seduced. Eve was seduced by the serpent. Genesis the third chapter verses one to six. Um, I would love you to read the Amplified Classic. I don't have the time to read it but that will really reveal to you the seductive powers of Satan which he has given his spirits who are going around the world trying to seduce you and I. They, they know that as long as we don't fall to their seduction there's nothing that they can do. They can try witchcraft and sorcery but it doesn't work and so they come with seduction. My sister you have to be careful it's the oldest trick in the book. You have to be careful, my brother. Number four, seduction has a cost. I know I'm moving fast, but I'm sure you can amplify it. The Spirit will help you to do so. Seduction has a cost. Let let me tell you that it is a lie of Satan to tell you that it doesn't have a cost. This whole idea of casual sex is a is a myth there is nothing casual about a sexual relationship there is nothing casual about sexual immorality seduction of any kind the worship of, of of these gods has a cost you can't keep buying now and paying later and not thinking there is a cost to it you can't keep accumulating debt on your credit card as you worship this god of of, of this god of money this mammon and think there wouldn't be be a cost. No. You can't worship and deify human beings and think there wouldn't be a cost. No. God says he's a jealous God and one day God is going to say enough is enough. There is a cost to seduction. I, I like the way Solomon, and when Solomon writes about certain things, please, he's, uh, he, has a, uh, he, has, he has a doctorate degree 200 times over in these issues. When he talks about money, listen. When he talks about wis- women, listen. When he talks about wisdom prior to the women causing him to fall, listen to him. Listen to what Solomon says. Proverbs 6, verse 26. For by means of a harlot, a man, and I love the graphic picture, and It's not just a man, it's it's, it's generic. A man is reduced to a crust of bread and an adulteress will prey upon his precious life. The Passion Translation puts it like this. Prostitutes reduce a man to poverty and the adulteress steals your soul. She may even cost your life. Can I say to you that it costs you, it can cost you your life, it can cost you your soul. It certainly costs you your place of favor. It brings an identity crisis into your life. That's why many are walking around not knowing who they are because they have fallen to the lure of this seductive spirit. Seduction has a cost. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 6 verse 24, How could you worship two gods at the same time? You can't do that. It's a fallacy. It's an illusion. It's actually a delusion to imagine that you can worship God and worship another God at the same time. There are many who are sitting in churches who are not worshiping God because there's no space in their hearts. You see, in our hearts we have a throne. A throne is not a couch or a settee. A settee can have two, three people on it, maybe more. So can a couch. A throne has only one person on it, and you have to decide who you put on that throne. There isn't space for two. God doesn't share it. If you put money, then God is not there. If you put others, then God is not there. If you put yourself, then God is not there. It has to obtain that throne in your heart has to be occupied by God alone. So god's, Jesus says, how could you worship two gods at the same time? You will have to hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You, ha- you have to make the choice. And you make the choice by which one you worship. You can't worship, he goes on to say, the true God while enslaved to the God of money. Number five, don't be deceived. It always attracts the judgment of God. It's graphic in the scriptures we read in Numbers. Verse 4, Numbers 25. And the Lord said to Moses, Take all the leaders or chiefs of the people and hang them before the Lord in the sun after killing them. That's the Amplified Classic. That the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. God said to Moses, For what they have done, for this hallowtry, for this immorality, for, for this, for this uh, uh, worship of Baal, that the, the, the god of fertility uh, of the Moabites. Take all their leaders, kill them, then hang them in the sun. And I guess why it was done publicly In those days, I mean, thank God for grace. Thank God for a new covenant. Thank God that the wrath of God has been taken upon himself by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ at the cross. That's why the cross was a gory gory. Picture that—that—that that, that of the things that happened at the cross, because the wrath of God that should have come upon you and I was poured upon Him, and as a result, we can come under His covering, under the blood, and then the enemy can't touch us; no curse can touch us. But when we do these things, we bring ourselves out from the covering, and then we're exposed to the to to, to the enemy. Uh, 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 The reason that it was made public was to be a warning to the people that this is what God does when you do what you have done. That's why they were killed and not buried immediately but hanged out in the sun for others to see. Let's be left in no doubt that God does judge. He judges this when we we worship other gods. He judges when we bow to the seductive spirit that lures us into sexual immorality. That won't be your portion. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 3 to 8. If somebody asks me, what what does God say? What's the New Testament position about immorality? This is what God says. God's will is for you to be set apart for Him in holiness, and that you keep yourselves unpolluted from sexual defilement. That is God's will for you, that you are set apart, you keep yourself... Unpolluted from sexual defilement. That means you're involved, whether that means. Not getting involved in sexual acts. Not watching things that are sexual in nature. Keep yourself unpolluted. Not listening to things that are, that are sexually immoral. Keep yourself unpolluted. Not participating in conversations that are, that, that are vulgar and have all kinds of sexual under, undertones. Keep yourself unpolluted. He goes on to say, yes, each of you must guard your sexual purity. You have to guard it yourself. It means that some relationships have to go. Some friendships are going to lead you into into disaster. They are going to bring God's judgment on your life. They are going to expose you. You have to guard it yourself with holiness and dignity, not yielding to lustful passions like those who don't know God. And then it goes on to give this warning. Never take selfish advantage of a brother or sister in this matter. For we've already told you and solemnly warned you that the Lord is the avenger in all these things. So all these guys who are going around in churches purporting to be Christians, taking advantage of, of the daughters of God in the churches, don't think that there is not a record in heaven. I assure you there is a record in heaven. And I assure you as the Bible says, God is the avenger. He will avenge if you don't rep- if you don't confess and repent and come back to him he will avenge it's his daughter if you come to my house and you take advantage of my daughter my precious daughter I will avenge and the kind of ave- I will avenge I will pray prayers that the ground will open up and swallow you I will avenge I will be ruthless And I'm not God. These are his daughters. You can't come into the church and con her and and make her think that you really are following God. But all the time you have your eyes on her body and you just can't wait to get her into, into bed. God will avenge. I can assure you about that. And how you will see it, You will not believe it. It, He will avenge. And he has millions of ways of avenging. But avenge he will if you take advantage. And uh, sisters don't think it's only the guys. You know, you can't just come to church and you're looking, you're so seductively dressed in church that the guy can't pay any attention. One sister said to me, that's his problem. He should sort out himself. He knows he has a problem. That's why he's in church. It's a hospital. Why are you coming to mess him up in the hospital? He came, here." So he can be changed. You have a duty, a responsibility to conduct yourself with dignity and with holiness and with care for your brother. We must care for each other. The brothers, the sisters must feel safe with you. If they don't feel safe with you, then you are a wolf in sheep's clothing and God will avenge. He goes on to say, for God's call on our lives is not a life of compromise and perversion. That's not who we are, but to a life surrounded in holiness. Therefore, whoever rejects this instruction isn't rejecting human authority. So it's not about... PAI said, or you know, so and so said, or you know, why is PAI happy about this? Or PAI should get a bit modern and understand these are these are these are the times have changed. You know, you know, PAI should get with the program. No, it's not a PAI thing. It's not a human authority thing. Incidentally, PAI himself is trying, and I know it's not easy, guys. But we just have to try. We have to be accountable to each other, pray for each other, support each other. Ladies, I know it's not easy as well. In different ways, but we all have to try. PAI himself is trying. It's not easy, I assure you, because you know, PAI himself is trying to deal with the flesh in him, but he's trying. So join PAI to try. Let's try together. And as we present ourselves to God, what we can't do naturally, because we are saying in our hearts, God, we want to live a life that's pleasing to you, the Spirit of God does for us he says so don't think that when you reject what i have just told you it's a hu- you're rejecting human authority the bible says you are rejecting god himself who gives us his precious gift his gift of holiness number six i just want us to know because it can seem overwhelming it is overwhelming sometimes. The television, the programs, the you know you can't go to the movie theater, you know. It, it, I mean, everywhere you look, the magazines, the and now we have internet and social media, and there are many tools. Many people yielded to the enemy for him to use. The clothes, ladies. I, I mean, it's 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 relentless. This seductive spirit has got into every sphere, and 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 they want to make holiness seem old-fashioned. But we've got to be able to tell them holiness is trendy because God is not old-fashioned the same yesterday today and forever God never goes out of fashion trust me and he will never go out of fashion till the end of the ages and it can seem relentless but I want you to know that one person's righteous act can make a difference So you be the person that chooses to be righteous. You be the Noah of your generation that refuses to bow to these gods, these gods of immorality or these gods of money or whatever it is. You be the one that says, I'm not going to bow. I'm going to live my life in a way that is pleasing to God. That was Phineas' testimony. He saw this thing and thought, nah, we can't continue like this. I have to do something about it. Of course, Old Testament. Testament times, Numbers 25, 7 to 9, he could do that in the Old Testament times. He took a javelin, he goes out, uh, finds the man and the woman getting up to their stuff, and he thrusts the javelin through the two of them. And the plague is stopped among the children of Israel because of his righteousness. Your own righteousness can make a difference. Of course, you don't go around thrusting a javelin into people, but you can stand your ground and make a difference. You can stand your ground and be the one that stands out. You can stand your ground and bring a smile to God's face. You can stand your ground and maybe your righteousness might delay the judgment that would have come on a family or a community because you stood your ground. And number seven, as I end, as I come to the end, it matters how hot you are because listen to what God said and God will always reward those who are hot. That's why Jesus says, lukewarmness, he wants to spew it out of his mouth. And there's too much lukewarmness in the church. Listen to what he says about Phinehas. Verse 11, Numbers 25. Phinehas, the son of Eliza, the son of Aaron the priest, has turned back my wrath from the children of Israel because he was zealous with my zeal among them so that I did not consume the children of Israel in my zeal. One person's zealousness, one person's zeal made a difference. You know, when God speaks to the church in Pergamos in the book of Revelations, um, my Bible has a, a subtitle, The Compromising Church. Um, what God says to the church uh, of Pergamos is a warning to us. Revelations 2, verses 12 to 13. He says, I know your works. I know where you de- dwell, where Satan's throne is. Pergamos was noted for it's, uh, it's uh, witchcraft, sorcery, and all those things. It was called Where Satan's Throne Is. You hold fast to my name. You did not deny my faith. Um, even when things were hard and some of you were killed. He says, but I have a few things against you because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to, let things sa- to eat things sacrificed to, idol and to c- idols and to commit sexual? What was he saying? He says, you've done well in all these areas, but the thing I have against you is that you succumbed to the lure, to the seduction of money and sexual immorality. You know, they say that if you put a frog in water that is room temperature, but you wanna kill the frog by boiling it. Now, frogs naturally hop. That's that's, that's how they move. They they, 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 they leap leap and they hop. Um, But if you want to kill the frog, don't put it in hot water. It's going to hop out of it. Don't turn on the the flames uh, rapidly. It's going to hop out of it but gently just increase the temperature, the frog is going to think it can keep adapting to the increased temperature, uh, and it will, because that's, that's how it's wired, to keep adapting, it will keep adapting to the increased temperature. It will not know when the temperature has reached boiling point until it boils to death. Don't let that happen to you in society. Don't keep adapting, thinking it is normal. No, the standards are the standards of the Bible and of God. The Bible is not an old-fashioned book. Let's live by it and let's encourage ourselves to do so. And may the blessings that accompany obedience of this nature, the kind of blessing that came upon Phineas for his action, May that kind of blessing come upon you as you stand for righteousness, as you refuse to succumb to the seduction. Of All these spirits as you refuse to bow to the gods of the age as you stand against sexual immorality no matter how subtle it is may God bless you may God make you to be a standard may he use you as an example of one whose righteousness causes the blessing of God to come upon him or her may that blessing come upon you overtake you may surround you on every side may this year be your year the year that you stand out because your righteousness your standing for what is right has pleased God may God lift you up as an example may his favor surround you because you have pleased him by standing for him I pray that into your life in the name of Jesus Christ amen and amen and amen Let's stand for righteousness. Let's stand against the tide of seduction that is threatening to rule this age. There must be a remnant, and you are part of that remnant. And your stand can make a difference for others. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to pray as I end for anyone who's caught in a cycle of sexual immorality especially. You know yourselves, you're in a cycle of pornography, you can't get out of a relationship that you know is not pleasing to God. You try your best, but you keep finding yourself sliding back. You know who you are. You find yourself uh, engaging in one act of immorality or another. Anything that is outside what the Bible defines and allows in terms of a sexual relationship between a man and a woman in, within the confines of a marriage. You find yourself in any of those, any, anything outside that. And you're saying to yourself, you know what? I I don't want to, I want to stop this, I don't like it, it doesn't make me feel good. I suddenly realize that it's not pleasing unto God. Well, it doesn't matter what it is, what what, what you find yourself in, what you're watching, what you're doing. Um, You don't have to be in that cycle. You know, God can make a difference. And why don't you agree with me that that God will make a difference, that His Spirit will rest upon you, that He will break that cycle, that He will deliver you. And so, Father, I pray, O God, Father, this is how you show us, O God, that your Spirit is all-powerful. There's no distance heavenly father father we might be speaking to people in their homes but right now holy spirit i am trusting you to rest upon your son rest upon your daughter father hear their cry oh god the cry of their hearts oh god some of them spoken but some of them might be with members of their family so it's still a secret it's not spoken they can't speak it out but father hear their silent cry oh god and i ask lord that you will answer their silent cry as they desire to break away, Father, from that cycle, O oh God. I ask and I declare, Father, in the name of Jesus that that cycle is broken over his life, over her life. I declare, Heavenly Father, that your son finds freedom, your daughter finds freedom. I come against every spirit of seduction that is trying to trip them up. I declare, Father, that they will not fall, Heavenly Father. On the contrary, they overcome her. I rebuke that spirit of seduction in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, as I end, if you you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I would love to pray for you as, as you open up your heart to that relationship. We can't overcome on our own. We can only overcome by the grace of God and and, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you get that when you give your life to Christ. So if you want to give your life to Christ, you want to start a journey um, in a relationship with Him, would you just receive Him into your heart and as you do so, say this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. I receive Him today as my Lord and Savior. I turn away from anything I, I am doing that is sinful, I ask for the grace and receive it to live a life that is pleasing to you. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. I declare by this prayer, I'm a child of yours. I am born again today into your family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I hope that message blessed you. And um, uh, like I said, next week we will start to talk about some amazing things that God is going to do in your life, in the new season of your life. In Jesus' name, amen.